you're tuning in to New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lap is entitlement from James chapter 1 verses 1 to 18. Okay, but we already started uh, 1st January. Just going like, to give uh, many people a head start. And so we, uh, those who are in two years, last time, you continue with the plan, right? Those who are three years, continue with the plan. Uh, a, a one chapter a day, that's three-year plan. For those who are one year, if you finish the first plan, or you just say, okay, I just jump in, join a new plan, which is okay also. Uh, reading the Bible reading plan is like the reinforcement of a core muscle practice. Uh, it's, not, it's not something fancy, it's not something you dig deep, but it's almost like every year, uh, just give an analogy of the Amazon jungle. Uh, if somebody kind of blindfolded you and dropped you in the middle of the Amazon jungle, even though you know the tree surrounding you, this type of tree, this type of tree, this type of plant, this type, even you are expert in it, you will never be able to see the bird's eye view. You'll never be able to see the whole Amazon jungle unless you have the big picture. So someone needs to take you from the helicopter and go one round so that you can see the whole terrain of Amazon jungle. And perhaps at some point you say, okay, let's see the river. You kind of descend to that river and you study that passage, you study that river and that tree, that animal and that surrounding. And this is the approach that I want to impart to you that every year, even though you say, I read that already, But this is the Bible, the living book. It's not unlike any novel. Even though there is the literature or genre, uh, there will be law, the genre of law, uh, you know, the wisdom book in terms of, 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 you know, uh, poems. But it's like you listen to different music genre, right? There will be jazz, there will be uh, rock and roll, all of that. But, but not just so, because it is the living bread, the living water. And that's why you need to have the big bird's eye view of the whole terrain. So from cover to cover, or have different plans. So this year, we do the As It Happened. Uh, scholar uh, proposed us the, the date. So they arrange in the date of writing. Uh, no, but no one knows exactly the date, we, but in the range. So you will see something like you read Genesis and then suddenly in the book of Job because they, they categorize in terms of date. The Bible we have in our hand or our digital, that's called canonical order. That more is a theological arrangement from Genesis to Revelation. It's useful, it's good, and we should stick with that. But sometimes it's like, The, the, the chef that, you know, they will use the same main ingredient, chicken, some herb, oil, but you can have so many different ways of eating a chicken. So the same way, you have a different way eating the Word of God. And so this year, we want to do a little bit like fine dining. We're going to have a starter, and then your chronological, we're going to have some kind of soup, and you can have some side main course, main dish, and then the dessert. I'm not sure Revelation is dessert, but I mean, it's, it's just an analogy, okay? Uh, so, uh, if you uh, join our Discord, and you jump in. If you have not joined the Discord, you don't know what you have missed, okay? You got a lot of things in there, and also you can keep in touch with us. And because sometimes, you know, uh, you have a, a, a prayer need, you can drop it. And somebody, not just me, other team also see and pray for you. I don't want you to be isolated during the week, but be connected with us to the Discord platform. 
And if you have not replied or make any kind of reply, uh, the Discord server will categorize you under level one. Right? If you take a new light or something, they will boost you up. That's a server, nothing to do with me. Okay? But I encourage you to, in, to be interactive because no point joining server and then keep quiet about it. Right? Uh, so if, you, if that is you uh, and you need to be connected with the Word of God and also uh, with our community. So it's an extend, extension, extended of the body of Christ throughout the week. So join us, our Discord server. Uh, many of us here are boomer. Uh, you know, mean that, you know, the, in the 40, the 50, the 60, they still try to figure out learning Discord, which is good, such an encouragement. So those who are younger, I'm a, I assure you that you will learn it. It's a habit curve. Not quite a learning curve, but it's a habit curve. Okay? All right. Anything else that I missed? No? Okay. I was struggling preparing for the first Sunday of the year masses. On the one hand, I, I inhumanly, I, I was praying. I said, you know, Lord, uh, is there something that you want me to speak? Uh, but, you know, and, and humanly speaking, I, I, want, I want everyone like me, humanly. I, I want, uh, you know, kind of uh, encourage everyone so no one's going to hate me after this, humanly speaking. But then the Holy Spirit kind of prompted me, kind of gently rebuked me and said, no, that's your idea. But maybe it's not my idea. All of my word such supposedly an encouragement. But the, there's nothing wrong with my word. My word. The word of God. But will be something wrong with the hearers. They might like it. They might not like it. But that's their problem. So just be uh, a spokesman. Just speak what the word of God that I have installed you. So many a few times that I try to skip, like, ah, let's not talk about this, let's not talk about this, something else. But then just the Holy Spirit kind of nudge me, and then the words, entitlement, 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 keep coming back. Perhaps because kind of intuitively, or my gut feeling, or my observation, right? So I want, I want us to grow. I want us to be a help with the Word of God. I want you to excel in 2021. And so... Uh, the entitlement here doesn't necessarily that you have it, but maybe you see someone in your office, in the circle of your friend, you may become a sort of help or encouragement. But it also helps you to aware. Sometimes we have it. But let me tell you this. All of us have a degree of it, a sense of entitlement. Now, what, what, do, what do I mean by entitlement? Self-entitlement is when an individual perceive themselves as deserving unearned privileges. These are the people believe life owes them something, a reward, a measure of success, a particular standard of living. Now, there's a lot of discussion between the boomer generation, the Xer, and the millennial and the Gen Z. Uh, talking about the millennial onward, have a cent, more sense of entitlement. Uh, we see that in the research, they do interview, uh, they will come up interview, they have a sense of entitlement, you know, I, you must give me the job, <laughs> and you know, because I'm graduate this and this and this and that. And, and so, uh, I'm not picking on the millennial or just look down millennial, but we all have a degree, but just sometimes it's different angle. But even though that the boomer, sometimes we can see that uh, when we go to a restaurant, we pay a certain amount, we demand a service. 
and then if the service fail us, and then we get angry, uh, and then we all say, you know, uh, can I see the manager, right? And then, so as I repair this, I also ask Lam, Lam, you saw sometime that, you know, dad called out the manager, am I have the sense of entitlement? Uh, he said, maybe he's just being nice, and he just say, dad, you're not that because you're still coming back. I say, that's right, because I may call the manager out and say, look, uh, this is something that I think is, uh, you know, need to be improved if we got to come back. I want you to give your business. I enjoy your place, but, you know, something you need to improve. I'm, I'm speaking here not because, like, you know, I'm going to walk away, but I'm going to come back. And so hopefully that you uh, can improve this and I bring more friends and so on. So, so usually, usually in general, they listen and they improve. The so next time I come and say, yes, this is improvement. So I, I you know, compliment them and come back. And so that's a, it's kind of a good of communication. If you do that, that's fine. But if you kind of demand the manager and just, you know, and just blast them and walk away and I will not come back and go on social media and blast the place, and that will be a sense of entitlement because you said that I deserve better. And so, this is our five trait, right? Or sign, five trait, pers- pers- personality trait that you might, you and I might, f- might fall into this category. So, uh, just hit the next slide. Uh, uh, the, the, the people who have this trait believe life, even God, owe them something. You know, in the case of Cain, hey, God, you owe me something. You should treat me nice. You know, and, and, and these are number one. The first one, <coughs> I come before you like the alphabet, English alphabet. The letter I come before letter U. So these this people, in a sense of, of the, the ego, the ego, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the me, the me, I, me, and myself above everyone else. And uh, uh, definitely, uh, in terms of psychological term, narcissist people, narcissism, the people, you know, the word Nazi is that, like the story that a, a guy that look at the, the, the river, the lake, and see his, his, uh, his, uh, his uh, reflection there, and just, you know, fell in love with that reflection. So Nazi, narcissism is the one that just put the, the self-exaggerate or, you know, uh, blown up self that become that beyond everyone else. And so the people who, who have this kind of trait that they lack understanding of others' needs. They don't see other needs. They just see their needs. They're blind to other needs. Simply is that. Uh, or in a certain situation, uh, accompanied by expectation that, that they, uh, they, they somehow they feel a sense of they must be first before others. For whatever reason, psychology complication. Uh, they uh, they believe that it's all about me. Everywhere they go in circle of s- uh, social interaction, it's all about me. They're always the center of all the attention. If they are not in the center of attention, they feel sad. They feel like, oh, you know, somebody not taking care of me. Somebody. So everywhere they go, from uh, the store to the place to the church, they always to be the center of attention. If they, nobody pay attention to them, they will cause something to get attention. This is why sometimes it's hard for the pastor to know who is attention-seeking or who really have some issues, right? So we have to discern that. Now, uh, self-entitled uh, people will, sometimes they're stuck in the mindset of, you know, more 
reminiscence of a self-absorbed teen. Sometimes you see an adult about 30-ish or even late 40, they're thinking and they behave almost like a teen because it's all about them. They always want to project themselves on the screen, bigger than others. Now, as I said, self-awareness, you need to be aware of this, and also, uh, if you know someone, you'll be able to help. I will provide some antidote for this uh, by the w- using the Word of God for us later. Number two, the trait entitlement number two. What your is mine and what's mine is my own. <laughs> They always say, that's one, you know, like, yeah, that's mine. But it's mine, you don't touch it, right? They, they, they lack a sense of sharing. They don't know how to share. They just absorb, absorb, absorb. They just eat and eat and eat. They don't, they don't even reciprocate. And in, in kind of a social interaction, it's, you, you might, you, all of us might face from time to time, face someone like this. It's they call social awkward because they, it seems they're lacking a sense of reciproc- re- reciprocate something. Even you smile to them, they don't smile back to you. And uh, even you open door for them and every time, but you can see this in office sometimes, uh, and then when you have full of hand, they don't open door for you. Uh, every day uh, in office, every day the, 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 you make coffee, bring to the table, you want to be friend, you make friend with them, but they somehow never take turn to make coffee for you. It's not that you expect it, but it's like, you know, to build relationship, there will be, need some kind of, um, you know, to people to reciprocate, to return. And um, their, their attitude seems to be ungrateful. And, uh, and I also that, you know, many of you here, manager or upper level management, I think, uh, if you understand this, you'll also be able to coach and to teach your staff or build a good culture. Build a good culture in your workplace, biblical culture. Because if you are the boss or if you are the manager, you have a lot of uh, God-given, so-called God-given authority or influences for good, for God. Uh, if you are employees uh, in middle management or others, you still be able to shine as a light and a salt. Be able to see your work, uh, your co-worker, your colleague. The, if they have a sense of entitlement, you'll be able to help them as well, to identify as well. And so, these people, when they always, their relationship is always one-sided. Uh, I have been uh, sometimes involved in counseling the young adult when they are in courtship or dating. And... Uh, some of the girls told me that, you know, the boyfriend's always demands. And, you know, when, when she tried to please him, this and that, and he always never happy and always demand to the point of even abuse. Uh, it could be something simple as food. It could be something simple as, I don't like your dress. That's ugly. Uh, I don't like your shoe. Uh, you should change your hair. Uh, you know, you have to bring me food that I like. It, it the the usually the the guy just talking, the guy is narcissist because he's all way about him. And then when she shares a story, the guy never listens. Say, okay, your story not important. Let's listen to my story. Uh, so, young ladies, uh, if you uh, see those traits, 
you know, pray and run away. Seriously. Seriously. Because he's not going to change after marriage. Unless, unless a miracle happens. Same with, uh, you know, guys, the ladies. You know, not just this, this, this gender bias, but it's all of us have this degree. Uh, they, they seem to have one-sided, and they have no shame and no guilt about it. They just, it's all about me, and it's all mine. You have to serve me. They didn't say that, but the, the way they act, the way they behave, the way they treat you. Number three, expectation uh, or wanting a privilege so badly that even equality feels like an oppression. <laughs> have, you, have you ever met that kind of people? Uh, probably, I'm sure you do. You know, there will be even, uh, if, if the parents maybe, maybe sometimes see this, if you have a few uh, children, and sometimes you give uh, a fair share of uh, food or, you know, just, just uh, different things, toy. And there's certain character or trait that just won't demand more and take, you know, took from others and say, ah, not fair, I, I deserve more than this. And why you have to give to the elder brother first and not me. And there's always tension in big family. And, and because they want the privilege so badly that even equality feel like an oppression, they, they don't... It, they don't start it from the bottom. They want to enter at the top. You know, and this is why sometimes it's hard because uh, for the millennial and the Gen Z. Uh, why? Because everything is provided for them. They were born in the digital era. So th- sometimes people call it digital native because like asking the fish what is water, asking them what is internet, is the net is there. So with the internet, they will see everything around them. Uh, it's normal, but it's not normal. People have to work hard to get there. But for them, like, hey, uh, internet is free. <laughs> give me internet. If I don't hit the net, I'm upset, you know. Somebody need to give me internet. Uh, and they see a lot of uh, social media posts and nice load and all of that. I want that. My friend want holiday. I want holiday like them. And, and regardless of their family background, their family situation, they demand their parents to provide what they see online. It is hard for them because they saw online and then they cannot have it. So bring them to depression, bring them to feel like I'm not worthy because of all the materials they saw with their eye on social media. And they were just born in a time of peace. Everything is provided, supply for them. Almost they don't earn anything. And so the research shows that the millennials seem to see, take everything for granted. I'm talking general here. That because everything provided for them. So they don't care they feel a sense of oppression because, you know, the rich people oppress them. The rich people, you know, work, even though they work hard, they feel like they oppress them. So they always say, the reason we poor, because the rich oppress us. And therefore, they protest. Therefore, they, they do all kinds of demonstration. They think the, the rich is the wicked. But they work hard. Because the young think that, yeah. You know, I supposed to have that welfare. I supposed to have that, you know, uh, of internet. I supposed to have this, all of this provided for me, because all the rich that took away from me, actually, not because they did not start from scratch. They didn't start from the bottom. Everything provided for them. From time to time, I have a conversation with. You know, uh, early days of my son, and sometimes he wants certain toys in his uh, 
uh, three years old, four years primary, and sometimes he's through tantrum and get you know get upset. I say, I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. Life owe you nothing. God owe you nothing. What you receive is a blessing. If the more you demand, you will get nothing. The house that you provided you stay is a blessing. If you want, you can walk out there and live on the street and then you begin to understand life. Parents, I saw parents bow down to the little, little cute kid running around and tell them, you know, mommy. And, and if they cannot get it, and then they, they hit the mother and dad. Oh, at least in my home, we're not acceptable. I guess in the church, also not acceptable. Right, parent, you need to educate your kids. Does not matter how angelic they are. If they hit you, whether cute, cute way or not, no, it's not acceptable. They need to respect mom and dad. That's what the Bible says. You teach them because if you don't teach them, the neighbor will teach them and the world will teach them. Will not tolerate disrespectful and physical attack to their parents. Period. Now, it's up to you. What I need to say, I need to say. But that's up to you, your parents. Because we need to teach them everything in the house, school, food, clothes, internet. The Lord bless us so that mom and dad work and bring food to the table and give you internet. So no internet. The Lord give internet. The Lord take internet. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Why? Wow, we got an amen from parents. Yay! Children, young children, beloved children, listen carefully, okay? Don't be the kind of people that, you know, you demand so badly that cause your parents, you know, headache. Number four, I can't believe I have to work with such, dot, 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 you know, can fill in the blank. Some, some people in the office can swear, such a ignorant, moron, stupid, whatever they call it. Uh, but, you know, you can meet people sometime in the office, I can't believe that I work with such shit, you know, and then they... they Blasted out. Well, because they have a sense of their, they, 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 they're angry. Their anger is righteous. I mean, I have the right to be angry. I remember when we met downstairs, um, someone, an individual who is regular attendant of our church, and it just happened on one Sunday, and I just kind of uh, outside the gate, and uh, I just I walked in, I, sl- I saw that that individual slammed the door, of a taxi, like, <coughs> stupid. Uh, I, I didn't know what happened inside. Later on, I found that the driver, maybe intentionally or not intentionally, because at those days, no GPS, uh, no, no grab. And so maybe the circle went around and cannot find anything. And this person lived in Vietnam long enough. For those who live in Vietnam long enough, he had enough. You had enough with, with sometimes ignorance, sometimes with frustration, sometimes stupidity, yes, yeah, sometimes it's, it, you just had, had enough, right? You just want, you just want the sense, I, 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 I want a peaceful Sunday, but I cannot. And so slam the door and call the driver stupid. And the anger is still lingering on into the, uh, the worship place. So the individual just sat there 
and, and, and just simple, I, I can see from the eyes, it's just hard to worship the Lord in that kind of attitude. Whether the, the driver is right or wrong, uh, the, our attitude is matter to God because we don't want to be a sense like calling someone, uh, you know, stupid, whether intentional, uh, but because we, we, we feel a sense that our right and our privilege is more than somebody even so-called stupidity or ignorance because we put the letter I before letter U, I first. And our anger, we fight all the rational for our anger. That's why the Bible said to us, be angry, <laughs> but the sunset, you let your anger go. That's the, that's the maximum of the, uh, the time that you allow, you and me allow anger. That's in the agriculture context. So the modern context, until midnight, because you still have the light. Right? So I've got to be gracious. And, but I try. I personally practice when I see the sunset. You know, I let my anger kind of go into the sleep mode, you know, whether with my wife, my son, or with anyone else. I, I remember, I think the longest time I hold on to anger, maybe after midnight, where I cannot go to, I cannot go to sleep, so I, over 1 a.m., 2 a.m., but it's only one time. I literally practice that verse. Let my anger, you know, go down with the sunset. If you practice that, you will have a transformation this year for those of you who cannot control your anger. And that one of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of Spirit is also self-control. So let us just kind of believe the Word of God and practice it. Lastly, the trait number five. Poor little old me, self-pityness. Those who have like, oh, you know, I'm a victim of this victim mentality. You know, my boss treated me like this, you know, and everyone else. Oh, my colleague got promoted. Certainly, uh, that person will lobby the boss. Maybe, uh, uh, you know, bring out the boss uh, to, for dinner or maybe give some gift to him so that he got promotion. But actually, he's not so good. So, you know, poor me, poor little old me. I am the victim of me treatment in my company. I am a victim of customer uh, demand. I'm a victim of my colleague will not allow me to grow and so on and so on and so on. Children, you are in this condition. You are not a victim of your parents. You're not a victim of your parents, right? And I said, God does not owe you anything. Life does not owe you anything. Your parents do not owe you anything. They give, they love, and they train you. Same with the pastor. Many people come to church that think the pastor owe you something. Because I pay. Because I tithe. And you tithe to God. God provide. I draw a stipend from a church. But doesn't mean that I owe you anything. Right? So people come with a tendency. You know, if I don't, you know, come to church, I supposedly pastor will call me in a certain day. And sometimes I call them. They said. I just missed church only two Sundays. Why you bother call me? You intervene. You interfere my privacy. Really, I intervened your privacy. Did I see you anything? You know, I just call you. And some people I don't call you left a week and say, "Oh, you ignore me. You ignoring. You you letting me go. You know, you you don't take care of me. Not a good shepherd. Not a good shepherd. Not a good shepherd." <laughs> Remember, <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will speak in tongue right now. Hallelujah. 
And then some people say, Pastor, I've been to church for one month, nobody come to talk to me. Uh, you know, I feel lonely here. I say, yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, have you been able to go out and talk to someone? Uh, no, uh, I, I just stand in the corner, maybe people have to talk, approach me. Yeah, you know, yes and no, meaning like you need to go out, interact, and people come, they live right after church, and that, you know, my last say, amen, they go on the church ready, and they ask, where is the fellowship? <laughs> oh, I need some uh, fellowship. And then the live network in the week, oh, I'm busy, but uh, I need some fellowship. Uh, can, can, can the fellowship be in my timing? I say yes and no. Timing, you can call, you can call someone, make coffee arrangement, that's fine. But we provided the platform so you be connected, you have fellowship, and you, you grow together. You are not a victim of the church. Come on. And some people walk out of church, Pastor, you know, the Romans talk about LGBT. And, you know, um, I think the, the, the history showed that the church oppressed the group. And, you know, that's why now they come out and you have to embrace them. Otherwise, you know, you don't, don't love them because love is love. Who said love is love? But God is love. And then for, therefore, I leave your church because your church stand on LGBT. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's not in line with my uh, ideology. Well, God loves you, God bless you, so be it. I cannot attain my biblical understanding. I will speak the truth in love, in grace. But if you think that is your stand, so be it. But you're not a victim of God. You're not a victim of, 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 of pastor or the church. The Word of God will stand. You and I will not grow into the fullness with Christ if we have a sense of entitlement. And it's everywhere in our life. We just have to be uh, taking time to take us, uh, 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 you know, time to reflect, to journal, because we all have a degree of it. Amen. Let us go to the Word of God and see the antidotes for this sense of entitlement. Let me read for us the, uh, the, fir- the letter of James uh, in just the first portion of James. I read some of it uh, during the uh, communion already, but let me read again. The book of James. James, a servant of God, the Lord, Jesus Christ, the twelve tribe uh, in the, the Persian greeting. It's important here, James also realized that his identity is a servant of God. Well, other people call him apostle. He never called him like the apostle Paul. He never called him an apostle. No. Other people in the group call him apostle. As we look back, God used him to call apostle. But they always identify, I'm a doulos, I'm a servant, I'm a slave of God. Because he served God and not served man. So there's a no sense of entitlement in the first letter already. I'm not superior over you. I'm together with you. I am the servant of God. I am a slave of God. And so he continued, count it all joy, brother and sister, when you meet all trial and various kind. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If, uh, if any of you lacks wisdom, wisdom, let him ask God, who give generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, 
with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven by driven and tossed by the wind verse 7 for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the lord verse 8 that he is double minded person unstable in all his or her, her ways let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and let the rich in his humiliation because like a flower of the grass he will pass away for the sun rises with its scorching heat and wither with the grass its flower falls and its beauty perishes so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuit blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life which god has promised to those who love him let no one say when he is tempted i am being tempted by god for god cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempt no one but each person is tempted when he or she is lured or enticed by his own desire then desire when it come when it has conceived give birth to sin and sin when it's fully grown bring forth death do not be deceived my beloved brother and sister every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change of his own he will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creature we'll pause there we continue next week so as we you can go home and reflect on this but i want to bring out a few points for us point number 1 count it all joy the word count here uh different translation can translate like consider consider is all joy count it all joy the original word in greek in koinic greek is that it has a different nuances it mean to count to consider to lead to think to believe to regard. So mean that when you and I face trial, trial, trial here also means temptation. It have a, have a dual meaning. Trial, temptation of various kind. Lead it. Lead it with joy. Count it with joy. Consider with joy. Think. Begin with my think. That, Lord, it has happened to me. I don't need to be a victim and say, oh, I'm so sad, Lord, you are, why you allow me to do this? And lead it and live it and think and believe it and regard it all joy. That was the, the, the meaning of the word count or consider. I remember probably more than 20 years ago uh, when my dad tried to apply me to uh, UK uh, for study. 
And then, uh, you know, as I apply, got a letter of acceptance. Uh, I want to be in uh, banking and finance uh, in the Reading University in Reading, UK. And then uh, we uh, flew to Hanoi to get an interview in the embassy. Our UK embassy. The interview seemed to went well, and with a strange question like, "Oh, your your undergraduate is computer science. Why you want to study finance?" I say, uh, "Because I want to." And they say, uh, "And then after the interview, why you uh, you know change the subject?" And uh, and after all, I say, "Okay, in UK, the good thing is when they say no, they write letters. In US, they say no. Say, yeah, I see you another time." Well, okay, see you another time. You come back, maybe another chance. So in U.S., but here they wrote, they wrote a letter and say, you are not a genuine student because of, I think you will not come back. Even though my friend in U.K. wrote a letter, uh, he's a, a chartered accountant, so, there's a, so he wrote a letter uh, to the, the school, wrote a letter, and so many different letters came in, and then the embassy still say no. And then, uh, of course, I was heartbroken. Uh, my parents not happy. Uh, I'm not happy. I go home, and then a few friends encouraged that, you know, God closed the door, uh, and then he opened another door. And that time, I still not quite a Christian yet, but I just accept that, okay, this is the fact, this is understanding. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't feel, uh, I don't really get a sense of angry and angry UK embassy and suddenly become, you know, hate all the British people, you know. And then there's a sense like that. I got a friend, they cannot have visa to Vietnam, they suddenly hate all the Vietnamese. You know, so, and then I also uh, remember that I, I just came back from Vietnam during my time in Singapore. And then I, 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 I uh, uh, a summer friend, some of them, they want to visit Vietnam because after they see me. And, and I think they, they made an assumption that everybody would be nice like me. You know, that's the, and then so when I came back, I, uh, they, they, came, they came back from a holiday and they said, hey, how's Vietnam? They, they kind of a sad face. I got dropped. They say where? say, right in the center in the Wing Hai Street, right in the, the clock tower. They say, how? I say, yeah, I just walked and then I got dropped. I say, I'm sorry. They say, uh, and they keep quiet, they're still angry, and you know, this is Vietnam, and, and you know, and I say, I'm sorry, but I, I did not drop your bag, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, <laughs> I, nothing I can help, you know, is there anything I can do, but, you know, because sometimes people equate, you know, <laughs> one action with uh, one people with a group, and say, I'm sorry, I know that I'm standing, but you should ask first, you know, you should ask that, you know, that you have to be mindful of your bag and everything, right? Uh, and I got another friend also got an accident up north, uh, overseas, and they also like, I would never come back. I understand, I understand, but you know, got a bad accident, uh, you know. But uh, in life, but I feel sometimes, if this type of thinking that we incline or prone to entitlement, I mean, like you got one incident, I mean, it's bad. You got one robbery, it's bad. But does it mean that that the whole country is like that? Uh, but I don't need to defend it because uh, I have no sense. Oh, you know, you look down Vietnamese and, you know, I'm, I'm going to find, you know, uh, the, the article that show you that you also got robbed in Singapore. <laughs> I don't need to do that. Uh, and um, and so, so, so Paul, uh, James here, the Apostle James here said that consider, lead. The problem is that sometimes we allow life circumstances lead us. Instead of with the Word of God, with faith in Jesus Christ, count it all joy, consider it all joy. When you face trial, 
think is all joy and, and believe is all joy and regard on joy and lead your life with joy in Christ. Amen? Amen. Number two. Number two. Ask God in faith. If you lack of wisdom, that's what James said, uh, I don't have the wisdom that you have. Well, ask God. You know, so James said, hey, I know that some of you say, oh, I'm a victim. I don't have wisdom. You are wiser than me. You have more education. You are smarter than me. It's nothing about street smart. It's nothing about intelligence. It's nothing about the degree or education. It's about the wisdom of God for you and your life, regardless of our social status. If you can't read the Word of God, you are wise in God's eyes, not your own eyes. And so ask God in faith for His heavenly wisdom for our earthly living. We need His wisdom desperately. We don't need so much about pop culture and all the self-help literature out there. Well, if you want how to brush your teeth, then you need that one. If you know how to uh, dress well, you might need of that because the Bible would not teach you how to dress well. Except you will wear the linen cloth, and then you have the you know the middle east. It's still nice, you know. But but what I'm trying to say is that if there's certain thing that you need to make decision in your life, it's almost every day. You need to ask God in faith. Which means that the Bible said that if you ask but then you doubt it, it's like the sea. Why is like the sea? Because the wave coming in, tossed by the wind, driven by the wind. And the wind today, the metaphor is that there's so many knowledge and teaching out there toss you to the side. Wake you. So some people will swing from here to here to here, especially follow the trend. Trend is this, and, and they never be grounded in the Word of God because they never ask God in faith. If it's, this is the will of the Lord for you in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, you ask Him wisdom and believe it. Instead of you are here, but you think it's something else. You are here, you think what the next day should. You always be driven by the market, driven by the demand of society, driven by your own lustful desire as James later on laid out. Because the reason that sometimes people sin because they, are, they fit into their desire and when it's conceived, it gives birth to sin and then death. That's what it means. So the wisdom of God for our living to set us apart for those who are live according to their own flesh, our own understanding is foolishness in the book of Proverbs so that we have the wisdom of God because it begins with the fear of the Lord. Ask God in faith. Amen? Amen. Number three. Number three. Oh. Uh, yeah, I want to show you a short clip and then have a point number three, okay? All right, quick one. Our unlikely heroines are fire ants, a colony several hundred thousand strong. Rapacious, tenacious, and industrious, they are impossible to eradicate as long as their queen is alive. But their colony faces just such a threat. The river beside it is flooding. The deluge rushes in. What else to do then but swim? The colony floats out. 
is a living raft. The most precious members of the colony, the larvae and the queen ant, are kept safely dry in the middle. The queen ant can give birth to some three million ants over her lifetime. If they can reach dry land, they stand a good chance of rebuilding. But there is danger below. The fish pick off the ants one by one. If enough ants are pulled down, the raft will collapse and the colony will be destroyed. The ants grimly hold on and reach the other side. They hoist the ant larvae up to dry ground, ensuring the survival of their colony for future generations. And with their survival secure, the fire ants revert to type, attacking every living thing in sight. So what I just want to give you uh, the picture analogy is that even though they face the ant face, the circumstances, they overcome it together as the living graph. And so they don't consider, you know, the Bible said, look at the ant and learn. I mean, the vampire face. Look at the land and get the wisdom from God. There are four things. The ants, uh, the, the, uh, the rabbits, not the rabbit, the rock rabbits. And what else? Everyone know, but you go and look at that, uh, that uh, scripture. Look at the four uh, animals and you learn. And so here, the, the, the ants seem to be like, they steadfast in kind of a, uh, their, their approach. I mean, like, here, we are together. This is the water. This is going to be disaster. But a few of them die. I mean, a few of them die, sacrifice, and the fish ate them. But they could build a living grab and remove together because they know if they cross alone, that, you mean, they die instantly. So, so the picture here kind of sticks to me that, you know, as we journey into 2021, you will be... Deadly isolated or isolatedly dead if you don't stick together in the community of faith in the church. Sometimes you don't have uh, even quarantine, but you self-quarantine yourself at home from the spiritual community. For various reasons, you feel hurt, you feel pain. Uh, you feel that, oh, because I don't come to church because of that person, sometimes could be a pastor. Uh, you don't never clear it out, you never communicate, but you always blame yourself or blame others. I want you to know that this church is a church that, like God, provides a living wrath for us here and an expat. I'm just blessed to be a, a local Vietnamese here, but I've been a, away a couple years so that I can understand expat life. I just want to be a, a best resource for you, a best encouragement for you, but we're going to you know, cross the water somehow, but we need a wrath. This 2021 could be not yet ready, not yet quite finished with the COVID. It could be another flood coming in. We need to cross this together. So get rid of the entitlement. Get rid of because uh, the reason I act this way because somebody did something. Get rid of that. You are not a victim of anyone. Lead it with joy. Consider with joy. Think with joy. Believe with joy. And regard it with joy. Remain steadfast. The poor and the rich are being tested by life. So don't think like this. Oh yeah, you know, uh, we, are not, we are not in the same boat. Some people have bigger boats. Some people have small boats. Uh, you know, I'm poor. I'm the victim. 
Yeah, we are in the same storm, but it doesn't matter. If you stuck together, there will be small little ants, there will be big ants, there will be some gap, there will be, but they stick together. The ant never think that, oh man, you know, they have a bigger board, I'm on a small board. So we go to the pandemic together, they fight, they're doing good, but I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a poor little guy. It's a poor little me. Get rid of that scent of entitlement. We are here to stay together, to stick together, to support one another, to pray for one another. But I cannot force anyone to come to join the wrath. They voluntarily, they want to come to build in. Uh, this is a short video, but if you watch a longer video, they lock together using the, or they lock together because it's almost like lock each other and the leg, and they, they, they tie together until, you know, they pass over. They're not, they're not, they're not let go because the one, the, the, the chain, the, the release, then it's going to be, you know, breaking. So we need to lock in each other. And by God's grace, we will journey 2021. Even the flood again come. According to some kind of forecast, it can get in world with mutation of the virus. So the vaccine is not there. But what we can be a cer- certain and sure is the Lord is with us. And he locking, remain steadfast because he said that I'm, I will give you my steadfast love. You will not receive it if you don't believe it. Simple as that. Because you are double-minded, as James said. Maybe here, maybe here. I'm not sure. Steadfast. Remain steadfast. Number four, I think it's the last one. Do not be deceived by circumstances, but led by the word of truth. Do not let the circumstances in our life define who we are. Do not let the circumstances in our life, that what we face in trial, drive us to its desired destination. The pandemic will drive us to despair. The pandemic will drive us to hopelessness. The pandemic will drive us to on our knees. That will be pay cut, that will be job loss, that will be, we sent that we're being stripped off, being dropped by our right and entitlement. Even that you see things that people say, wear mask, where is my right? I have the right not to wear mask. I have the right to die. Seriously. And, no, and nothing new under the sun. In the book of Jonah, Jonah basically say, ask Lord, Lord, kill me. Kill me. Because I, you told me and to tell them that, you know, repent and fall, and you know, and cur- oh no, so doom they come, but they repented. And now I'm like a false prophet. Just kill me. The self of, of, of entitlement in the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah is very interesting because that is the picture of, uh, in a way of irony, because it's, you, you only can see things in the kind of ironical form because it portrays the people of God did not even care for the lost, the Ninevite. And they just care of themselves, self-absorbed. Self-entitlement. And so do not be deceived and do not let circumstances lead us, push us, corner us, jam us, and, and blend us into the whirlwind of all the desire of the world. Because why the world gone mad? Because all of their desire and entitlement being taken away for 2020. Some of you got angry with the company that who may be Lay you lay, lay off you or cut you cut because they have to survive. That's that's company. The Lord will not forsake you, never leave you. So hold on to the Lord. Do not be deceived by circumstances, but let the word of truth 
Read your word. Read the word of God. Read the Bible and stick to the community. Remain steadfast and consider, consider, lead, count, regards, think, believe with all joy. Amen. Amen. Let us uh, spend five minutes of reflection.
Lord Jesus, we admit that we all have a degree of entitlement from time to time. Sometimes we do not see it until we face a trouble, an issue, a trial, a temptation. We demand things on our side. We demand that things have to be worked out right the way we expect it, the way we define it, the way we even have a magical hope like one Disney sometimes. And Lord, this year, we are not entitled to define 2021. We are not entitled to, to make you to carry out 2021 the way you do. Lord, we understand that, Lord, you are sovereign over everything. We just admit and take step at a time. That, Lord, this is the first Sunday. Some of us maybe hope the new year bring hope. But let us be reminded, it's you that bring us hope. Lord, if any one of us here lack of wisdom, let us ask you in faith, without doubt. Because even you want to give us, but if our, our doubts, Lord, will, will drive us like the wave of the sea, coming in, coming out, and driven by the wind, the wind of the world. Lord, help us to remain steadfast. Remain in you so you remain in us. Help us, Lord. Help us to know that you are God, to know that you are Savior, not just Savior in our own little world, but Savior of the world. And those who believe in you will receive life and life in eternity. You receive life and life in abundance. Abundant according to your definition, not according to the world. Lord, we are entitled to nothing. We are steward. We own nothing. Even though you might allow us on this planet Earth own a house, a car, a bike, a bicycle, a land, but that's all temporary. It's like a temporary tent that we might use as an instrument. For those who you bless them with prosperity and richness, may they glorify you in their humility. Those who are lacking of, of resources, may they have a confident and exaltation in your grace and your love. May they not look feel feel down and, and, and worthless and, and feel like I'm a victim of the oppression of society. But let them rise, Lord, and shine because they have you and more than enough. Let everyone, the children to the most senior, that all of us, Lord, do not be deceived by the circumstances, whether vaccine or not vaccine, whether old virus or new viruses, whether calamities, whether all life circumstances, let us not be deceived by those, but let us be led by the word of truth. We thank you, Lord, for this first Sunday, because you are still our God. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by these messages. Join us next time and do press the follow button on our profile page to keep up to date with the latest messages. God bless you.